0: Welcome back to another episode of the CSUSB Advising Podcast. My name is Matt Markin, an academic advisor here at Cal State San Bernardino. And on today's episode, we're learning more about the Health Professions Advising Center, also known as HPAC. And we have the HPAC coordinator with us, and that's Dr. Crystal Utuwa here with us today, also known as Dr. O. So welcome (laughs) to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Matt. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: I'm glad that this worked out. I know you're going to have a lot of great information to share with our students. So before we jump into HPAC, the Health Professions Advising Center, let's talk about uh, you. Can you tell us more about yourself and your background in higher ed?
1: Sure, sure. Well, firstly, I am a proud CSUSB Yodi. I graduated a million years ago, which I will not say, but I graduated a while back with my bachelor's degree in sociology from CSUSB. I've always been interested in learning about systems and how systems shape people, and I've always been just drawn to this idea of education. I believe education is liberatory, and because of education, we can really uncover who we are as individuals and essentially what we are to be doing in this world. And so with that, both of my parents are also from Ghana. So I'm literally African-American in the, in the sense, in the literal sense. Um, and that also fuels my passion for helping others, especially first-generation students, navigate their ways throughout their academic and professional endeavors. Um, I have a comprehensive background in career counseling, academic advising, ethnic identity development, and just creating culturally inclusive environments that invite students to authentically express themselves. And as we're thinking about HPAC and advising and preparing students for the medical professions, a lot of the times um, some students can be really intimidated by that. So what I desire to bring and what we do at HPAC is to really create an atmosphere where students are challenged but yet empowered and encouraged to want to just try and see exactly what they need to do in order to work in their desired profession. So a little bit about me and kind of what, how my background folds into h
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I can see how everything, everything definitely connects. And, you know, and you were kind of um, talking a little bit about h So uh-huh. what, what really is the Health Professions Advising Center? And if a student's like, Can this center really help me? How does a student know, like, hey, I I should probably go and and see you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. HPAC is a one-stop shop. It's a hybrid of academic and career counseling. And because um, we are separate from advising, we have the space, the time, I should say, more of the the latitude um, to help students really think about and process which desired health profession do they want to enter but also do they have the required um, prereqs and how do they get there? Um, A big barrier issue that challenges um, our students is just uncovering the different ways of getting to that desired goal. So at HPAC, we do the comprehensive strength-based academic advising. Um, Students are expected to, uh, to complete an intake form Um, which allows us to really go in and dive in to get to know the student and extract the most pertinent information that we need as advisors to see if their values of who they are, what they want to do aligns with their desired career goals and we go over the application process. Um, We create the comprehensive academic plans and that also ensures timely graduation. Uh, We do our best to have as many authentic conversations um, with students and and think of ways that they can break into the health professions. Um, Some students are challenged by let's say their, their GPAs, and so I, I'm always telling students, um, if we can't get in through the front door, we're gonna find a window, we're gonna find a back door, we're gonna find a way to get you into your desired field of choice if that's essentially what they want to do. Um, we also link students with necessary resources such as service learning opportunities, volunteer work, um, different shadowing opportunities, mentorships, different. Um, health professions, colleges, and graduate programs, like such as UCR or Western, um, local colleges, as well as national colleges will come in and do information sessions for students. And so we just do all we can to demystify this whole process of what's needed to enter a health profession.
0: Oh, absolutely. And like you said, it's like this one-stop shop and you know, if a student's nervous about like, oh, what what's the different avenues? Or, you know, is it just this direct path? You're essentially helping them figure out here are all the options uh, yes. that you have. Right. And you were mentioning uh, the application process. And mm-hmm. and I do definitely want to get to that. But before we get to that, I, I know a term that comes up sometimes is being med school ready. Yes. Uh, so when you hear that, if a student came and said, what does that mean? Like, how, how would you define
1: Oh, that's such a great question. I I really, I sat on that for a little bit. I would define Med School Ready as a mindset, first and foremost. Um, Are students able to really throw themselves in a situation where no matter what comes at them in terms of obstacles or what people might say, are they ready to continue to pursue their, their dream of becoming a med student? ultimately becoming some type of physician. And so with that, there are also the practical components of it, right? Um, How is your GPA? Do you have relevant experiences for your medical school application? Um, Are you prepared for the MCAT, right, which is the medical college admissions test um, to get into medical school? Um, what is your service, or I should say, shadowing observation hours uh, looking like thus far? Um, do you need to go to a post-baccalaureate program to perhaps take or retake some of the prereqs um, for for med school? So it's it's really it's a it's a comprehensive mindset. Um, But also there are some just critical components that students need to ensure that they're also taking into consideration um, when they're determining if they're med school ready.
0: And connected to that, I guess a student might ask is if I'm I'm going to be applying for some sort of professional school or med school, how how do I improve my, my application?
1: Right. And so there are nine sections for a med school application, right? Sections one through three typically encompass what your background is your history ethnicity um for section 4 would be your your coursework they want to know the gpa um they want to see your transcripts and they want to again essentially make sure that you can keep up academically with the rigor of the respective medical school that you're looking to attend there's section 5 is the work and activities section and with that there's 18 categories 15 of which you can include within your application. And so um, in HPAC, we primarily help students with this section because it is so lengthy. Helping students tease out their experiences, um, whether it's volunteer work, whether it's leadership, whether it's their work experience. um, Because of the background that I have in career counseling, I really work with students to think about different ways of describing Um, their experiences within the work and activity section. So that takes a lot of work. Um, Six is letters of recommendation. And so beyond that, I I try to work with students um, as soon as possible and asking those questions Are they creating relationships with faculty? Um, Are they looking for ways to perhaps maybe even participate in research or work in a research lab with faculty? Um, Are they sitting in front of the class, um, raising their hand, participating, attending office hours? There's often um, a hidden curricula um, for students to kind of navigate to get the letters of recommendation. and So I work with students to help acquire that. Section seven um, listing the school that you want to apply to section eight would be your personal comments essay or your personal statement and nine would be your MCAT exams. So that med school application itself is very comprehensive and in my experiences and hearing what medical schools want some students will hyper focus on their gpa um, but then they won't focus on their service hours Mm -hmm. and so most institutions will look at um, each component of an application and give them a point um, per section so I really do my best to work with students to ensure that all of those points are met. So when they are submitting their application, there are they're competitive candidates.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad that you, you really kind of defined everything and structured it because I agree. I think you have a lot of students that are very focused on GPA, GPA, GPA. And it's like, well, that's one part of it. And there's so right. many others. And I like that you kind of mentioned You can start early on a lot of this too, um, especially getting to know your faculty You're sitting in front of the class, raising your hand, asking questions, going to office hours, whatever it might be. But connected to um, this would be, of course, uh, courses that I need to take. Mm -hmm. Sometimes students are like, do I need to do a certain major or is it just prerequisites? How do I know what prerequisites to take? How do you help students with that?
1: Wow, so this process I think is the most most challenging with students. And even as I'm going through uh, the prereqs with students, we sometimes have three or four different tabs open. So first and foremost, I always recommend students look at the HPAC website. There's a comprehensive um, list of different health professions along with um, just some atypical prereqs that they can anticipate um, needing to take in order to get into their desired health profession. Um, number two, which is also, I think, just as if not more important, is knowing the school that they want to attend, um, and so thinking about some programs, thinking about which which college um, they're looking to matriculate into, is key. That way, we can really design their prereqs around the schools that they are um, that they are interested in. The thing with that is. Um, some programs might require, let's say biochemistry. And depending on a student's major, that could take an extra year and a half. And then there are some schools that you know may not need biochemistry. and so um, I have to have those just dis- you know discussions with students. Um, how long do you intend on being here? Um, which which college makes the most sense for them and you know their career goals and how fast do they want to get working um, versus how long do they want to be a student? So that's also something to take into consideration, um, as well as making an appointment, if not with me and h but also working with the intended school they'd like to matriculate into. So working with an admissions counselor um, is key. So again, number one, looking at our h website, number two having at the very least three to five schools that they'd like to attend. Number four, working with an admissions counselor at the school they wanna to go to. And then also number five, working with us over here at HVAC.
0: I can speak from experience that the, your HPAC website with the resources page has been a lifesaver in a sense, especially for students that I've met with. I said, you know, actually, here's a lot of information you can find on here, especially mm-hmm. if you're interested in a certain field. So very much has, has come in handy. And let's say we have a student that, you know, they're like, I, I'm interested in the medical field. I feel like I want to do something in the medical field, but there's so many options. I don't know what kind of career path I, I want to decide or or to pursue. Do you have any suggestions for that, for that student to help them decide?
1: Yeah. Um, this is where we kind of take a step back and do some career counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, asking those questions. So how do you want to help people in the medical field, right? Um, Some students will say, well, I want to help people heal in a physical way. Um, I'm really drawn to kinesiology versus biology. And um, I really believe in, you know, helping students, you know, work out in order or helping, I should say, our my future patients work out to facilitate healing, whereas I'll have some students that say I'm all about diagnosing and getting to the root of the problem, getting to the root of the issue that my my future um, patient would have. So I kind of look at um, what students are saying and, and how they desire to help people heal, because a lot of students will say, I wanna help people. And so it's just okay in what capacity. And, and based off of that, um, really start paying attention to, to how they'd like to enact that. Mm-hmm. And I'll work as a mirror for students, but um, I also just encourage students to, to think about the ways they want to work in the medical profession. And that can, that can sort of tease out which one, whether it be you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy, nursing, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Now on your website, um, there's also a part where it talks about, I think it's maps, uh, M-A-P-S-S. Can yeah. you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so MAPS stands for the Medical and Pre-Health Student Society. It's a student-led organization where it's, it really houses and creates that student-led atmosphere for pre-health, for students that want to be pre-health professionals. MAPS also facilitates a pre-health conference and where um, colleges, not just locally, but nationally, will come and recruit um, Will recruit. Uh, It's not even just CSUSB students, it's students um, from colleges all over Southern California. What I appreciate most about MAPS is it gives students an opportunity to connect with those desired schools that they would want to attend for for graduate school because of the pre-health fair. Um, And also, as I'm, I'm also the advisor of MAPS, and so as I'm working with different um, colleges around either the surrounding area or nationally, um, colleges really desire to meet with students that are a part of MAPS. Um, More so than even coming to different fairs. They want to come and connect with students from the ground up. And so students that are a part of MAPS um, really get that first shot of connecting with different admissions counselors, doctors, um, prospective mentors, Um, within their desired health profession. Um, I know this is gonna be recorded, but there is also um, a mentor, a mentorship dinner with UCR School of Medicine that's happening on March 17th. It's happening next Friday. And so that's just one other event that MAPS will be hosting and just continuing to operate um, as a resource and providing experiences that's student-led for their peers that are looking to break into the medical and health professions.
0: Yeah, and if there's a theme with with this uh, episode or pretty much a lot of episodes for this podcast or when we meet with students, it's get involved and Mm -hmm. here are the various number of ways to get involved, and why to, to get involved. Mm-hmm. A number of students that we meet with are students that are interested in nursing. Yeah. So, you know, we have an impacted major here, so meaning that there's only a certain amount of spots open uh, for students to get into the nursing program at Cal State San Bernardino. So we have students that maybe were admitted into pre-nursing uh, when they got uh, accepted to the university but maybe they didn't get admitted into the nursing program when they submitted their application. Uh, we might have students that wanted to get into pre-nursing when they got admitted to the university and didn't. So unfortunately, that student is not able to change over to, to pre-nursing at this point. Right. So in either of those situations, you know, we have students that might say, you know, I want to still pursue nursing. Is there a way I can still do it? But then you also might have students that are like, you know what? Maybe I need to decide and I'm going to change my major to to something else. So I guess when you're you're working with with students in some of these situations, how do you help them navigate, um, I guess, still pursuing nursing somehow, you know, other pathways to it, changing to something else? Um, I know that's a very loaded question, uh, but... Um, I guess, generally speaking, you know, any advice that that you can give on this podcast?
1: Yeah. Um, You have those diehard nursing students that are like, listen, I don't want to do anything else uh, but become a nurse. Right. And so um when I'm with that group, I often just educate them on the different nursing programs. Right. So we look at the different programs offered by state schools we all, we look at uh, nursing programs now this is bsn programs different private colleges if they if they need to transfer um, we support that if that's the desired career goal um, at hpac um, i'll have some students that are interested in perhaps going to a community college and um, take going through an adn program that is something that they desire and perhaps maybe later on um, transfer to CSUSB and do the RN to BSN nursing uh, program. And that's that's okay as well. Um, for our students who, who want to stay at CSUSB, but they can't get into the nursing program, they often switch their major to something that's related um, to the health professions, such as kinesiology, allied health, kinesiology, exercise science concentration, perhaps even biology. Um, There are some students that because within the the pre-nursing program here, they have to take a couple of psychology courses. Um, So they'll sometimes switch over to psychology and they'll just change their majors altogether altogether now if they still want to stick with nursing we often recommend attending on perhaps an entry-level masters in nursing program as well we just are going over the prereqs and the requirements and ensuring that um, students are competitive candidates. And so if there's courses that need to be retaken or um, if we need to look at post-baccalaureate options or different graduate level programs, nursing is the goal. Uh, We try to strategize and find a way to to get them there. Um, Let's see, uh, depending on the student, some also will switch to a physician's assistant Plan um, and attend PA school. Um, CSUSB is going to have a PA program open um, in, two, in 2025. And so, applications, um, the application will open, I believe, fall 2024. And so, students are, you know, getting their prereqs together for that program. So, many different options there, um, depending on the student. What they want to do and and how they want to again help people heal physically.
0: Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and then we also get a question too sometimes uh, from students of like, if I want to go on to like a professional school or let's say med school for example, yeah. you know I was told I have to do this certain major. Like maybe mm-hmm. I have to do biology as my major, um, or is it I just need to ha- I can do any major, but as long as I have these prerequisites done. Um, ha- how do you help students navigate that kind of choice of like, is it a major prereq? How do I decide on what what to do?
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where um, being a bio major is one of the biggest myths out there um, that students, you know, kind of feel like they need to be a part of in order to reach that medical school goal. Um, I totally honor and understand why. A bio major um, is looked at as the atypical major to get into medical school. A lot of the prereqs that are for medical school are are embedded within the biology degree here at CSUSB, but there are many different ways um, they could acquire their prereqs For example, the HVAC student assistant, Um, my HVAC student assistant is a psychology major. Um, She is the biology concentration. However, she's not like necessarily taking bio courses for that major. Right. And so um, and so she's just added the prereqs within her academic plan. And she's still going to graduate with her degree in psychology. And so um, you don't have to be a bio major. We just have to ensure that your prereqs are there um, and that you are in a space and able to take those courses and thrive and do well um, academically.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm. And I think after all, all of your answers, we'll probably have students that are like, you know what? I think I need to meet with, with HPAC. That seems like I'm going to get a lot of great useful information. I've gotten it from this podcast. Now I want to dig more into maybe my interests and maybe different pathways I can, I can go into. So how can someone uh, reach out to your department or uh, schedule an appointment?
1: Yeah. So you can reach out via email to um, HPAC um, at csusb.edu. Um, and we'd be more than happy to either connect you directly to me, and or um, any other professional that's needed for the intended purpose of the appointment. Um, CSUSB students can connect with HPAC via Navigate um, through the atypical advising process. It's just um, for, I believe, the service area. Help me out, Matt. Um, it's not gonna be academic advising, it's going to be university success. Um, sorry, please. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it is yes. Like
0: university, Perfect. you are absolutely right. Yeah, university, uh, university success.
1: Yes, um, and so the HVAC office should pop up there, uh, and you'll you'll see my name um, to be able to schedule an appointment. We also have drop-ins um, Tuesdays through Friday uh, that students can can pop in and have their questions immediately answered. Um, but yeah, many different ways and in case they forget, you can always log on to our HPAC website um, at CSUSB. And there's a tab at the very top that says appointment scheduling. And if you click on that link, um, you'll have all the appointment information there as well.
0: All right. Sounds good. A very informative interview. Dr. O, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me.